the reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and we've actually got a couple bits of news this week because somebody got out, I guess. Someone let a dog out, and it, it, it just went crazy and had news. It was spectacular. And you know who gave us this first story? And this is, I, I think, this is spectacular, and we'll get his mention out of the way. Um, uh, first place I saw this was from Ted. I'm just saying. Uh, our friend at LateNightParents.com. See, I even plug him for this. He's the first person I saw to... Uh, I guess populate the story that there's going to be a new Star Trek series, which frankly I'm more excited about than uh, than Discovery. Which Discovery, I was never really sure about. This I like the idea of because it's a Captain Pike series set on the Enterprise before Kirk. So. I think this is a cool idea. It's got the it's got the same Pike who uh, was Anson Mount. It is a cool idea. Uh, I've forgotten who Spock is. I'm sorry, forgot to write it down. I did find out that Rebecca Romaine Lettuce, for that is what I am going to call her for the rest of her life, is taking the role <laughs> of number one. Which, if you remember, cool. your Star Trek pilot uh, was Michelle Barrett. Eventually, Michelle Barrett. Roger. Who became Nurse Chapel. Exactly. And, and Loaxana Troy. And I always loved this. She was the voice of the computer on Next Generation. So whenever That's you right, see Loaxana talking to the computer, she's actually talking to herself, which I always thought was funny. Hmm. Uh, Rebecca Romaine, I'm hoping, does not become the voice of the computer. She, she just irks me these days. It's not that she's not talented. It's not that she's not pretty. I guess it's just that something about her irks me these days. What what is it that irks you? I Do don't. You, know. Can you identify it? I can, it's. I think it was the librarian. I don't know if you ever saw that TV series, which I'm not going to recommend. I have never even watched an ad for it. I know what you're talking about, but it makes me kind of ill just to think of it. So no, I've not watched it. It was an interesting concept, but it. <laughs> And my wife liked it, but she also likes, you know, the voice. So make of that what you wish. Actually, you know what? Another show she did like, and this is also in the news a little bit, Orphan Black, which was a show yeah. that, that we liked. Um, <clears throat> two days ago, that being Sunday, if you're listening to this on the day that it came out, Sunday, May 17th. There was a thing on the BBC America where the cast of Orson Orson? It's not Orson. Orson Black. Orson Black. That's a <laughs> different show altogether. The cast of Orphan Black reunited to uh, do a table reading of the first two episodes um, as a, a charity thing for, let's see, what is this called again? The, the Mental Health Awareness in May, an international day against homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia. Now, it might still be available on YouTube. I'll admit I haven't looked. And I forgot to watch it because I was very interested in seeing this cast reading because, as you know, Tatiana Mislani played everyone. So <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing this table reading of just her at a table with a script because I don't remember anyone. That would be strange. I thought that would be funny. 
just a quick note is biphobia the fear of the number two anyway um <laughs> it could be yeah. yeah that's a very cool project and it would be funny to just see her sit there <laughs> by herself <laughs> well hey we've been getting a lot of, uh who's andy circus uh read supposedly read the entirety of the lord of the rings on youtube and the i Hobbit. thought that's gonna take days um, the hobbit Oh, it was just The Hobbit? Okay. It was The Hobbit, which took a long, quite a while, but yeah, not The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, uh, He may have done The Lord of the Rings as well, but I know he did The Hobbit. But yeah, he'd still be reading I, The Lord of the Rings. He'd still be reading. That, that's, those are not small books. Um, no. As opposed to The New Mutants, which had small books, because they're, they're, they're comic books, considerably shorter than Lord of the Rings. Ooh, um, but it's nice. taking taking much longer to get to theaters, isn't it? And I know we had a, a rule on the show a while back about unless you've, you know, if, if you keep getting your movie delayed and delayed and delayed, like the new mutants is, we're not going to talk about it, but I'm talking about it because I think this one's funny. <laughs> it was only supposed to come out two decades ago at this point. Um, and last out. week, it showed up on Amazon and uh, for $26, which was a bit excessive, I think. Yeah. But no, it's coming to theaters now again. And it's got a new release date of August 28th, provided the theaters are open by then or reopened mm. or re-reopened or whatever. So it's going to be online in June. Um, <laughs> it. That, that is such a tragic movie at this point. And I know it's not because of anything in the movie, just the fact that it was supposed to come out. What it's two and a half years ago now, I think. Um, yeah, it is. I believe two and a half years. I know uh, they've announced that the new Christopher Nolan film tenant is, yep. has a firm release date, which could certainly change, but for now it's targeted for July 17th. And they're, as in July 17th of this year, and, you know, they're very hopeful that, okay, this will really reestablish that theaters are open again, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll see. And because obviously things are, conditions are different all over the world, all over the country. I mean, even within states, conditions can be very different from place to place. Yeah. Uh, I can't see, though, that they won't open without restrictions, such as no one's seated right next to each other, unless you're, you know, already in that group, already a family group. So I don't, it'd be interesting to see how this affects box office. Uh, aside from the fact that some people won't be ready to go in July and hopefully they'll maintain distancing within theaters. So the theaters would be, you know, even if they're not restricted like a quarter capacity, which is like a lot of restaurants are right now, even if they go to 50% capacity, whatever, hopefully they will have restrictions for social distancing, which means you would have rows, an empty row, or they would, rows would be staggered, et cetera, et cetera. So every cluster would be six feet apart. <clears throat> I mean, at most, I don't see how you could get more than a, a theater two thirds full. Yeah. Even if people, everyone wanted tickets, so uh, I can, I mean, I can totally see everyone wanting to get back to business, all the rest of it. Although probably we could spend money on 
bailing people out instead of making super duper weapons for the space force. But that's a different discussion for a different show. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Tenet and especially what happens with our favorite movie, which will never ever come out. New mutants. I'm, I think it's going to be absolutely tragic. If that turns out to be the only acceptable to fans X-Men movie that Fox did. <laughs> and by, by that, I mean the, the people who collected the book, because those of us who did have, have looked at all the movies movies and gone, you know, they're not bad movies, but I'd like the X-Men to show up. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into that again. Although it's not an animated movie as opposed to the next thing we're talking about. And this is good news. I don't think we've mentioned this guy all year, which is strange because he's the a director that both of us on the show like. Hayao Miyazaki. He's got news this week, except he does have news. It's uh, it's kind of odd news. Uh, this, <laughs> yeah. The guy, the man at Studio Ghibli, who has produced some of the best animated movies ever, has a new movie coming. But it's that he's been working on, but it's still a few years off. Let me explain why with a quote uh, from Studio Ghibli producer Toshiro Suzuki, who uh, had this really mind bending quote. Here we go. We are still hand drawing everything, but it takes us more time to complete a film because we're drawing more frames. There are more drawings to draw than before. Back when we were making My Neighbor Totoro, we only had eight animators. Totoro we made in eight months. For the current film that Miyazaki is working on, we have 60 animators. But we are only able to come up with one minute of animation a month. That mean 12, means 12 months a year. You get 12 minutes worth of movie. Actually, we've been working on the film for three years, so that means we've got 36 minutes completed so far. We're hoping we'll finish it in the next three years. Can you imagine taking that long to work on anything? They put up buildings faster than that. I'm not sure what is going on with the process because I've I've seen that article and, and I have not seen an explanation for why 60 animators are taking much, much longer to create the animation than they have for any of their other projects. I think it's a combination of uh, the technology because we've moved on from, I think when Totoro came out, we were getting animation that was maybe 12 to 16 frames a minute. And now we're getting 40 to 60 and it's also yeah. it's also uh, moved up from, you know, the 480p or whatever DVD was to ultra high def. Oh. So you're getting a lot more. Qual- that that's my theory. Yeah, that's the only thing that makes sense is that they're actually drawing more frames than they were before, which I can see from Totoro, but I can't see from something like Spirited Away. Um. But, uh, I mean, that's the only, either that or they're taking more, more time drawing each frame. So maybe there's more detail. Or it could be a combination of that. But, I mean, I'm surprised there hasn't been an explanation 
to to go with a story of, of why it's taking them 30 days to create 60 seconds of of animation and there are 60 animators working on this i mean that that means it's taking each animator a month yeah <clears throat> um I know this is a lot of people are going to be excited to see this when it, when it comes out, but it's also going to be really short if they're going to finish it in, in three years, because that's only 72 minutes. So either get more animators going guys or something, because yeah, this is, this is a long way off. Uh, it's awesome news, but it's also kind of like, ugh, seriously, come on. But I mean, but here's the big question. <laughs> Will it come out before new mutants? <laughs> oh, it definitely will come out before New Mutants, even if it's a four-hour movie. Uh, the world could really use a Miyazaki movie. And, yeah, and the fact that we're going to have to wait years for it is... That's the only thing that's sad about this story. Yeah. But, oh my <clears throat> gosh, come on, guys. Hire, I don't know, uh, another couple hundred artists. And, of course, they all have to be really, really good. But, you know, still, we need this. Please get this done. Miyazaki-san. Actually, things we need, <clears throat> and this kind of leads into my next review because it ends up with a things we need thing. And I know I'm, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. It's another animated thing called Ghost in the Shell, the standalone complex 2045, also known as season three. Um, I finally got to finish it this week. And I do have a few things to add to the previous review, which which was good. And yes. I still like it, but, no. but there, there, there's a few things here. I did see, and I'll tie this together. I saw Stevie Wonder on TV this week uh, because it was his birthday and something happened with that. Uh, I think he's yes. like 70, 70 this year. 70. Yep. I'm pretty sure Stevie Wonder might've directed some of these uh, bits of ghost in the show. Because I'm, I'm sorry I mean, to hear this, that. I mean this with all the love in the world. It was a bit beyond dark. Mm. Now I understand this. That there was a couple episodes where this covert ops team was doing something at night in a place that doesn't have street lights, and you break into a house and you don't turn on the lights, and they've no. all got cybernetically enhanced eyes so they can see in the dark. That does not mean. For those of us trying to watch this, you just let the subtitles run and you don't render anything. You don't draw anything. You just leave the screen black and it turns into a radio drama. I mean, this, how dark was this? It made some of those scenes from the Titan series look positively vibrant. <laughs> I mean... You know something is happening. I thought my TV had gone bad. I turned the brightness all the way up, and I still can't even see shadows. Nothing is there. So I'm wondering, did you guys forget to render this bit? Um, Saves a lot of time on animation. An animation. Well, I mean, or I, animation love, either. I love the story, and I would love to. I'd love to see it too. I mean, otherwise, you may as well just be, just be doing a podcast like we are. Uh, it's a thing. Anyway, uh, the season is only 12 episodes as opposed to its normal 26. Or is it? Because it ended in a cliffhanger. 
like they do in this series sometimes. So I found out, yes, there is a part two to season three. Yay. And it's going to come out. You ready? Ready? Before the New Mutants. That's the best I can do. <laughs> there is no date for this, but it, it does have, it's got a really good storyline concerning uh, what they're calling post-humans, which are, if you've ever watched any Ghost in the Shell stuff, it's cybernetic people, only the cyborgs don't have regular cybernetic brains. They've somehow merged with supercomputers. And there is some really awesome stuff they do with it. But it's also going to bring about the apocalypse because all of those people are evil somehow. No, they haven't explained it. That's coming up in part two. <laughs> which I'm hoping they render this time. And I say render because this is all computer generated now, even though it's it's done like traditional animation frame by frame as opposed to, you know, Shrek. It, there, you know, two different <laughs> styles of computer animation there. Yes. Um, just, I, I want this to come out now. And I'm worried that it's going to be delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed because of the 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 real world apocalypse. No, yes. COVID-19. But I think that ties into a movie you did this week or two. It does. It does tie into <clears throat> a couple movies I watched, which I watched both of these when they first came out. But I rewatched them again this week. Uh, the first film I'm going to talk about, which, <clears throat> speaking of Apocalypse, is called Apocalypto. Uh, directed by Mel Gibson, who is not one of my favorite people at all because he seriously needs more therapy. But this may be the best movie that he's directed. And he's done some really good films. Uh, came out in 2006. Apocalypto is the story of a young man in the ancient Mayan civilization whose village is overrun by a warring tribe, kidnap a bunch of people. Uh, they're going to sell some of them into slave and, and into slavery and others they're going to sacrifice to the sun god because it makes crops grow. Yay! At least that was what this particular tribe believed. He's not a big fan of having his uh, entire village wiped out so he tries to rebel and he does manage to rebel so <clears throat> the first half of the film basically or first third maybe is the setup you see the families you see how wonderful life is and you get a little bit of foreshadowing of oh, things are tense because they come across there's a hunting group and they come across another uh, party who just kind of needs to pass through so there's a little bit of a standoff and they trade and this other group goes through and they just say that they're, they had to leave their villages. There was a terrible thing happened. It's like, okay, something not cool is going to happen. And then of course this warring tribe comes, slaughters half the village, kidnaps the rest of them. And they come across this weird little kid as they're coming back with their group in this long harrowing journey back to the, the kingdom. And it's the, the I think they cast this actress as too young because she's supposed to be really speaky. Speak, she's speaky. She's speaky because she's saying words. Uh, and by the way, all in Mayan. The whole film is in Mayan, which is one of the 
best aspects of it. So yes, you'll have to deal with subtitles unless you know Mayan, which would be cool. She's a little young though, because she's not that convincing as she's giving these spooky pronouncements of, you know, their impending doom. Uh, so it was a little like, eh. Um, for me, it wasn't quite as spooky as it should have been, but it works just not as well as it could have. So impending doom does, does come. Uh, I'm not going to say how he gets away from the moment of being sacrificed, but he gets away and then it becomes a chase movie for at least the last half of the film. The angry warriors are chasing after our hero, whose name is Jaguar Paw. Uh, the actors are all, I'll just say, unknown to me. Uh, this was filmed in Mexico, <clears throat> and there is no whitewashing. Uh, like, you know, there, there's no Caucasian dude dressed up to look and uh, brown painted to look like he's Mayan. So... Everybody in it is of a, let's just say, Latino persuasion. Acting is excellent. I mean, we're not talking about Long Day's Journey tonight or something, but uh, for an action picture, which is, has certainly has a lot of dramatic overtones, acting is excellent. Rudy Youngblood plays Jaguar Paw, who is your protagonist. A gentleman by the name of, and I'm looking for his name now, and his name isn't coming up, and why isn't his name coming up? And it's like, I'll find it in a moment. Uh, there we are. Thank you. Raul Max Trujillo is the, the leader of the opposition. He's he's the, the head warrior of the Mayan kingdom. Uh, the action scenes are terrific. It basically, again, it's this long chase through a rainforest. Um and there's the drama of the fact that he's left his wife and child behind, Jaguapaw, back in this village because they had like a deep pit. Uh, not sure why the pit was there because it looked like a well and there was no water in it. But a rainstorm starts coming and he knows that pit is going to fill with water. He has to somehow escape these crazy uh, SOBs and not lead them back there and rescue his wife because he knows that's going to fill and she's going to drown along with her kid. So that's not a good thing. So you have this time frame pushing the entire time, along with the suspense of just the fact of how can he possibly get away from these bloodthirsty, literally bloodthirsty warriors who really, really, really want to kill him for uh, lots of reasons. So it's a really good drama. It's a really great chase movie. Acting is terrific. Mel Gibson did a terrific job with this movie, Apocalypto. It is available for free if you have Amazon Prime. Highly recommend Apocalypto. Excellent movie. A movie that ties in with that because it's also a vengeance film based on a culture that we don't really come across every day is called The Deadlands. Now, this came out in 2014. It's a New Zealand picture, and this is also a foreign language film. This is entirely in Maori. So again, get over the fact that you can't deal with subtitles. You got you into to. reading a lot this week. Yeah. yeah, I did a lot of reading this week. And again, this movie I watched when this first came out. Somewhat similar, actually pretty similar tale. This is a young man who is in a and again, this is an older culture, so he is in New Zealand, and a nice, yeah, peaceful 
peaceful tribe that he's in. Uh, they have another warring tribe, and they've established kind of a very fragile peace. Uh, well, the son of the chieftain of the more warring tribe isn't really happy about this. He, he, he'd rather just kill people because that's going to bring him a lot of glory to, to his ancestors and give him good standing. So he sets up this uh, – basically, he, he sets up an excuse to attack the other tribe and blames our young hero for it. So there is another slaughter of another village, and there is another young guy who gets away. And he goes off looking for help. Now, they set this up by saying there's a there, his father is talking about there was one area called the Deadlands where there, was a, there used to be a, a village. People were super happy, and then one day they all just disappeared. And there are rumors that there is a demon that lives in the Deadlands. And he learns that this demon is incredibly powerful. And if you convince the demon to help you, the demon may, may give you assistance. So, of course, he thinks he's like, oh, you know, this is the only way I can get vengeance for the slaughter of my tribe. Because most of them are dead. That's not cool. So he goes off on this journey to the Deadlands to find the demon. Knowing full well that the demon may just decide to kill him and eat him because that's what the demon does. He makes the journey. He finds the demon. They talk. They nosh a bit. Uh, I'm not really going to talk about what they eat, but, it, you know, not the best things that you might want to eat. You're never really sure if... Let me change that. Towards the end of the movie, you're sure whether this is really a demon or whether this is a person, a man. But for quite a while, you're not really sure. It looks like a man, but... Mm, there's some kind of weird things going on. Uh, there are very cool scenes where our, our young star is talking to his, his name is Hongi, or he's talking to his ancestors and asking for guidance. That's how he finds out, oh, he needs to go find, you know, the warrior, the demon. And uh, so there's some pretty cool spiritual aspects to this. But mainly, just like in Apocalypto, the second half of this film turns into this extended chase scene, except this time it's not the protagonist trying to get away. It's our, our hero is trying to find the bad guys and chasing after them because he is backup in this case. So it's a big, big slaughter fest for the second half of the movie as, as they continue to, to, to try to track these down and ambush them. Of course, there's only two of them, so it makes it a little tricky when they're hunting down this like warring party of like a dozen people. Again, the actors in this are terrific. Uh, I have no idea if they're well-known actors in New Zealand or not, but they should have been because, wow, they are really, really good. So again, a good dramatic action flick, lots of terrific combat scenes, uh, not like drawing out a gun and smoking somebody is because they don't have guns. They just have interesting little weapons. But the Deadlands, again, highly, highly recommend the Deadlands. This is not available for streaming unless you uh, subscribe to something called Magnolia Selects, which Magnolia Pictures has decided to start their own little weird streaming channel because well, why not? I mean, at this point, we should have two or three ourselves. But you can purchase this uh, through Voodoo, and I think it's like six or seven bucks. Totally, 
totally worth it. So two action dramas set in foreign lands a long, long, long time ago. Apocalypto and the Deadlands, both totally worth your investment in spending a little bit of time reading the subtitles. Awesome movies. So scary movies with chase scenes. Yep. Well, guess what? The other thing I watched this week was a scary movie with chase scenes. Kind of. <laughs> in that there thing. was scary kind of stuff and there were chase scenes. But not on the same kind of scale. Uh, you know that, that, that slogan we have on the show? We watch movies so you don't have to. You may not want to watch this one. Because frankly, I'm not sure I wanted to watch this one. But I still watched a movie that came out this week. That's right. Ooh. A movie came out this week. It's available on Amazon. It's called Scoob. <laughs> That's right. It's a new Scooby-Doo movie where they've rebooted the universe except. And I do kind of like the idea of this. Hanna-Barbera over the years has created seven or eight billion cartoon characters that we kind of found out were all interrelated when they did, uh, what was it? The Laugh Olympics. If you remember that, this is back in the 70s. I remember that. Where they got all of their good guy cartoons, all of their bad guy cartoons, and all of their Scooby-Doo cartoons, and put them together in kind of an Olympic setting, which was hilarious most of the time. So all of them kind of coexist. They're doing it again only. They're starting uh, from scratch because a lot of people haven't seen a lot of these characters since the Laugh Olympics back in the 70s. And, but, the, you know, the one that stayed around the whole time is Scooby-Doo. So you give Scooby-Doo kind of a new origin story. It's all computer-generated animation now, which looks weird. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Um, it's not horrible. It's just weird. And then they introduce other characters to make a, uh, what they're calling the, the Hanna-Barbera universe, because everyone ha we, we're going to have our own universe by the end of the show, I think. Yes. Everybody wants to do a, a cohesive Marvel Cinematic Universe. This just happens to have the Hanna-Barbera characters in it. And two of the first ones we meet were ones I thought could have been done better back then. Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt which is obviously <laughs> a, a spin-off on Scooby-Doo where basically Dynomutt it is Scooby-Dumb only cybernetic and bionic and all that crap and Blue Falcon is kind of like Batman but nowhere near that caliber <clears throat> but back in the day Blue Falcon was the one who knew what was going on and Dynomutt was an idiot well guess what <laughs> In this reboot, they've switched places. Dino Mutt knows what's going on, and this is the new Blue Falcon. The old Blue Falcon, he's gone to a better place, and everyone goes, oh my god, he died? No, he retired to Palm Springs. Oh, jeez. Okay. <clears throat> Fine. The new Blue Falcon is an idiot. And you kind of, <laughs> you just have to get used to that as the show goes on. 
Dino Mutt basically saves his ass through the whole thing. Okay, fine. Eventually, we get to meet Captain Caveman, who is also in this. He is voiced yes. by Tracy Morgan, and he sounds... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Captain Caveman in this sounds almost exactly like Tracy Morgan. There, There is absolutely no attempt Shocked. to do the Captain Caveman voice. Um, <laughs> it... Oh my God! It, it for me, it did not work. Uh, speaking of voices that didn't work, Shaggy is done by Will Forte. In that, he sounds, I saw that. Yeah, he he sounds absolutely nothing like either Casey Kasem or Matthew Lillard, and Matthew Lillard sounded like Casey Kasem. That's why it worked. This doesn't so much. Um. But, I, you know, that's a thing. The The bad guy for the whole thing, I suppose, is Dick Dastardly. Which ah, I know a lot wacky of people races. The, from, from Wacky Races. Dick Dastardly yes. and Muttley does show up eventually. Oh, good. Um, but he's your main bad guy. I don't remember if his voice sounds the same because, quite frankly, Wacky Races was before even me. Therefore, we have to rely on Todd for this information. Or Boomerang, which I hear it's still on, but I never got around to... Isn't that where... What was it? Uh, Penelope Pitstop. Yes. Which sounds like a porn movie. It probably was. It probably was. As far as the plot is concerned, there's a plot. There's... Dick Dastardly is trying to... <clears throat> resurrect some stuff from ancient Greece. Hmm. And you know what? Just go with it. I'm going to tell you that there is a semi fake ending. That is probably the most hilarious thing I've seen in a movie in a long time. It, it, it's a mask thing. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but that's incentive to sit through it because this isn't for you. Probably this is for the kids. Well, the kids like it. Probably, but there's a catch. In order for you and the kids to really like this, you have to have no experience with Scooby-Doo. Nothing. Now, I have decades of experience with Scooby-Doo. Therefore, I can't say I really liked it that much. You know, like I said, it's not horrible. It is watchable, which is not the highest praise you can give a movie. Um, parents are going to want to set this up on Amazon Prime where you can get the movie streaming now and you're going to press the play button and then uh, you're probably going to leave the room after the Ikea joke that was in the trailer. <laughs> because who didn't watch that and go, okay, that was funny. That was a good joke. I'll wait to see if that comes about and if there's anything funnier than that. The answer is yes, there is. It's that fake ending I mentioned, which is a hell of a lot funnier than even the Ikea joke. So wait for that. That's about 20 minutes in. Then you can leave the room for about an hour. The kids will be fine. You can go in the other room, get some reading done, some sewing, some cleaning, whatever you're doing. Then come back for this fake ending because, oh my God, it's funny as hell. And you don't need to see the rest of the movie to get it. It's something you're going to get 
it, it's not an adult humor joke. It's not that. It, but it's something adults would get. That's the kind of adult humor we're going with on this. So, yeah, Ikea joke, wait about an hour, come back in, and laugh your ass off at it. It only It's about a minute long. They don't drag it out nearly as much as they could have. But that is worth seeing this movie for. This one little bit. I mean that. The rest of it can be thrown away. This one <laughs> joke. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. I consider it kind of sad. So you're saying probably try to catch that one scene on YouTube. I'm sure it'll be on YouTube anytime now. No, I'm not <laughs> putting it there. But yeah, that it, no, it is. The uh, gentleman who voiced this Dick Dastardly back in the day of Wacky Races is a guy named Jim Cummings, who has only only done 555 <laughs> roles. Oh, is that all? <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. Dick Dastardly was Winnie the Pooh. Yep. That's just Frank Welker, by the way, did a voice in this, and he's got to be pushing ninety by now. Wow. Which, oh, I didn't realize this, that uh, the voice of the new voice of Winnie the Pooh and the former voice of Dick Dastardly also did the Orson Welles voice in Pinky and the Brain. I didn't realize that was him. Ooh. I knew it wasn't Orson Welles because that would be weird because, yeah, yeah but uh, pretty cool. Anyway, so <clears throat> that's aside, totally aside from the point. So it's worth watching your t is what you're telling me. I am. It, it's... <clears throat> Worth watching for those two jokes. <clears throat> One of which you've already seen, but is still funny. You know, the, the rest of it, there's a lot of it that if you've, if you watched your Scooby-Doo and you like your Scooby-Doo pre scrappy, I want to point that out that, you know, the, the classic stuff, the good stuff. If you the like that, stuff. you're probably not going to like this as much because they take some liberties with the history and everything. And that's fine. That's, you know, it's your property. Go right ahead and do what you want with it. Doesn't yeah, mean I have to care. Exactly. So, but, you know, it's a good setup for a potential Hanna-Barbera universe. I just don't really know where they're going yet next because uh, they've already done Blue Falcon. They've done Captain Caveman. And good Lord, don't bring that back. Um, yeah, please don't. And Dick Dastardly. So well, maybe yeah, why the races would be kind of fun. Yeah, I think Wacky Races today could be kind of interesting. And so, make of that what you wish. That gives us, what, I think four things to actually watch this week. Nothing of, hey, don't watch this. No, we watch movies so you don't have to thing. Unless you want to count the aspect of Scoob. So, uh, yeah, and it's all available at home. And some form or another, Netflix or Amazon or buy it from, what was the one you said you bought? Voodoo. There we go. Voodoo, yes. So, yeah, the, the COVID thing is still going on. So we're going to do what we've suggested since that whole the whole thing started. Stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I 
am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. My clunky.